Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. As a coach, I'm a big fan of variance in my programming of exercises. But there are four movements that are the foundation of my programming that show up just about every week in one form or another. Some training cycles we might go lighter or heavier, higher or lower rep, or use different tempos and rest periods, but we always squat, bench press, deadlift, and overhead press. Of course, all of the other movements that we do are important and pivotal in creating truly balanced functional athletes, but these four lifts are the foundation of our program for a host of reasons. They are unparalleled in their development of total body strength and mental fortitude. In the spirit of Valentine's Day this week, I asked strongman enthusiast and NASM personal trainer John Taylor to join me as we write love letters to these lifts and discuss why we feel the way that we do about them. So happy Valentine's Day. I'm here with John Taylor. John joined us back on our Strength is King episode, which was one of our most popular episodes, still second most popular episode in Rising. Uh, we talked about the importance of strength, and him and I wanted to get together today to share our love for these four lips and why we love these four lips so much. Uh, but since it's Valentine's Day, we decided we were going to write love letters to the lips. And this was actually more difficult than we thought, even though we love these lifts, because we were trying to keep things clean and we realized very quickly that a lot of the things that we love about, li about lifts kind of sounds weird whenever you're saying it. So uh, don't worry, this is a clean episode uh, and very clean things that we're talking about with the lifts when it comes to this. So. Still going to be weird. It's oh, yeah, still going to be really it's, it's two, weird. Two grown men sitting in an empty uh, childcare area in the Y talking about why we love uh, barbells so much so yeah I figure keeping it clean is not uh, that increases the weirdness it probably is. if we were crass yeah. it would yeah. be a lot no. uh, be a lot easier to no. understand we are, we are classy gentlemen who have nothing but pure love for these following four lifts so let's just jump right into it because it's just gonna keep getting weirder the more that we're talking about this so let's get right into it let's start out with squat John would you like to read your love letter to squat first I would love that sir okay squat we have been together for so long that I can't remember what life was like before you. Any relationship that lasts this long can get stale and tired. But we know better. All it takes is variation in an open mind. New bars, tempo changes, bands, and chains. That's how we keep this relationship vibrant and growing. You are, and will always be, my foundation. That was so beautiful. I don't know if I'm tearing. I'm not sure if I'm tearing up because I was trying not to laugh, or if I'm tearing up because of how beautiful that was. That was very nice, John. Very nice. All right. Dear Squat, not a week goes by that you aren't in my program, and this will never change. No amount of leg pressing, leg extensions, or leg curls could ever occupy the space that you hold in my heart. Each day that you're in my workout, I leave a better person. Whether you're heavy or light, back squat or front squat, high rep or low rep, you will always be performed with solid mechanics and a full range of motion from now into eternity. So, why do we love the squat so much? Is that a serious question? It's really, yeah, let's just get right into it. So, uh, as we're talking about why we love these lifts so much, we're looking at things both from 
just the physical standpoint of the lift, why we value this lift so much in our program, and then also from a mental standpoint, because I don't want to sound like like too much like a, like a meathead talking about, oh, these lifts make you strong because of this and this and this, but there's such a mental aspect that comes with lifting, yet all of these lifts develop, and you and I have learned some of the most important life lessons while under a bar, especially with back squats and really heavy stuff. You learn a lot about yourself and what you're capable of and, and things like that. And then we're going to talk about the supporting lifts that will help you get better at each of these lifts. So from a physical standpoint, there's really no argument that squat is the greatest lift, lower body lift probably. I mean, it maybe, absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, also if we take it down to just a completely non-athletic and just life in general, everybody squats. Yeah. every day multiple times yep. so even if you're never going to put weight on a bar even if you're never going to use a bar because there's huge parts of the population that can't do that yeah. for safety yeah elderly people with um structural issues that are there's not there's no real way to get past them they just still need to know how to squat properly so they can oh, sit yeah. down and stand back yeah. up yeah i mean it, i the amount of my elderly clients that back squat probably one percent just because the 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 position of the bar and your and if you have inflexible shoulders or back issues, things like that, you don't have to load up the back to be a great squat. You can hold a kettlebell out in front of you, a goblet squat. You can do a bodyweight squat. You or can do a pure, squat. Pure bodyweight body squat. squat. You can yeah. tell a lot about a person's how they move, how physically healthy they are, simply by watching them do air squats. Yeah. Yes, that's actually one of the diagnostic tools that I use as part of the National Academy of Sports Medicine's uh, typical battery of uh, fitness or postural assessments that we do is we have people squat with their arms above their heads and we watch their ankles, their knees, their hips, their low back, their arms, and their head, and we can figure out a lot about where you're tight all over your body from head to toe just by watching you squat. So that's what the physical reason we love it. Why well, do we love it? Oh, why don't we going. go a little bit why don't we go a little bit higher up on higher? the scale than that? Okay. Like if you want to get really strong, it doesn't matter if you're in a strength sport athlete or you simply want to get strong. Yeah. The squat is the foundation. Oh, absolutely. It's every program, every sport. For everyone. Yeah. Ever. If, yeah. if you are a long distance runner, yeah, you're not going to be needing to push for a double bodyweight squat. But anybody with a short duration um, sport that they're playing, something where there's going to be a sprint or an explosive movement, squatting heavy, squatting so heavy that you almost gray out. That you don't actually, <laughs> that you don't actually yeah. pass out, but gray out. Yeah. It's beneficial. Um, the squat isn't simply a lower body exercise. When you start pushing on the big reps, it that's your pecs uh, for a front squat. I'll strain so hard against the bar that my biceps will, my biceps will cramp up. Yeah, it, it's everything. Yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely essential. I mean, I will judge a program's effectiveness and how much I think it's going to to work for me by how they program a squat. Because if you program a squat correctly, you can get someone's entire body pretty freaking strong by just that one lift. And it's not just the squat itself. There's it's not just a back squat or a front squat. Unless a person is a competitive strength athlete that has a squatting event, yeah. they don't need to focus simply on the back squat. There's back Absolutely. squat, there's front squat, using as many different bars and variations as possible, yeah. and then squatting everything. You're talking about squatting kettlebells for a goblet squat, double kettlebell squats. Yeah. Um, I love heavy sandbag squats held in the hugging, gut. Hugging a like, sand made up, yeah, sandbag Well past body you. weight. Yeah. It, it simply gets your body stronger. Yeah. Core, core everybody should be stronger. Else. Yep. <laughs> well, we talked before about strength makes you better at everything. So if something makes you stronger, then that thing is making you better at everything. So squat technically makes you better at everything. So from a mental standpoint, I know me personally, <clears throat> the fear of failure will drive you to do some, some pretty um, exceptional things in everything in life. 
and as long as you're harnessing that fear correctly. So you're taking that fear, and the, the best way I've heard it described is that fear is excitement in disguise. So if your brain senses fear, to me, it's this makes me excited. If, if I'm afraid to get under this bar, because either it's gonna be a lot of high repetitions or it's gonna be heavy weight, I can harness that fear and use that as excitement about, man, I'm about to crush this weight. I'm about to just, just completely get through this set uh, I'll be winded when I'm done, but it's going to feel awesome whenever I'm done. So using that from a mental standpoint has helped me outside the gym to harness fear and turn it into excitement. I once had a coach right when I started um, seriously lifting CrossFit a couple years ago say that if it's not heavy enough to scare you, it really doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like if, if the bar, it, if you're not, if you don't feel some trepidation or anxiety when you're going under a a heavy bar to squat it. Yeah. You need to go a little heavier. Yeah. And this is, I mean, I've worked with people of all different different uh, fitness levels and finding what is heavy for each person is always going to be different. But each person's battle with a heavy weight is the same mental battle. So let's talk about the supporting lifts for a second here. So it's not just about being able to stand on both of your feet and perform uh, hip extension and knee extension. It's you need to be able to do that on, on single leg exercises too. So I think lunges and step ups are super important in not only developing your squat, but just your, your capabilities as an athlete. You're not going to be typically, I mean, maybe in football, sometimes you're, you're planted up, posted up with both of your feet down. Most of the time you're on one leg or the other. A lot of your strongman things that involve carrying, I mean, you're you're holding something while you're walking, placing all of that load on one leg at a time as you're I'll doing things. I'll have mid-600s on one leg at a time when I'm carrying a heavy yoke. Jeez. Yeah, so single leg strength. So what kind of single leg strength things do you think are important for a squat? Uh, if somebody has access to it, extremely heavy carries Okay. for... 50 feet is enough. That's what I train so like, for super like carries, heavy. What, like lunge variations? You like any of those? Uh, so if we're talking extremely heavy, like if you have access to a yoke or if you have sandbags that are past body weight or farmer's handles that you can load up, yeah, that would be body weight per hand. Okay. 50 feet. Um, so you're not lunging. You're just, just walking, walking, carrying it. Gotcha. Simply carrying it. Yeah. That is a huge transfer over to not just the leg strength and the unilateral loading of your hips and legs from a, for a squat. It also reinforces a perfect posture okay if you're in any of those movements if you're if you cave forward or if you lose your um inter-abdominal pressure, pressure that you build up yeah. hold, of holding a breath while still having to breathe which is a curious thing to do yeah <laughs> you're going to collapse <laughs> yeah. but then if we're talking in the opposite end of the spectrum with absolutely no loading i love near max effort box jumps oh gotcha okay. so i'll stay a, i'll stay an inch below my Max, yeah. and I'll just I'll start doing. They're about as slow as singles, but depending okay. on what I'm working with that day, maybe sets of three, maybe up to set, maybe up to like fifty reps in the course of a workout. Gotcha. Where I'm supersetting that with some other heavy loading hip extension movements. So okay. maybe um, Russian kettlebell swings or swings like you program in straight yeah. shots at the yeah. eye level for half body weight for ten okay. to twenty reps. Nice. And then what, so uh, that'd be still two legs, but a very good supporting lift, teaching you how to explode out of the hole would be those box jumps. And, and a they, lot of competitive, a lot of very heavy power lifters, guys that are in their 200s to low 300s have box jumps of over 40, of over 48 inches. Jeez, that's crazy. Because you have to develop explosive hip drive. Yeah. Um, and then if we're talking unilateral, I yeah. absolutely love 
Pistols, I love okay. lunges. I love lateral lunges. Yes. I don't turn the heel up for a Cossack squat. Okay, I, was, I, I think it's good to do both. You know, go in both foot flat like a side lunge, and then turn the foot up in the Cossack squat. It's not that I don't find utility in it. Yeah. I just I don't do it. Just yeah, well, that's just, it. It's yeah. still great. Um, yes. and I absolutely love lunges and like step ups. Oh, see, I think that they're those one are of, brutal. I think they're one of the most misunderstood things uh, because everybody pushes off the back legs so much. It's not a step up then. Yeah. It's like a like almost like a weird off off like split level squat. I people turn it into. But when it to be I'm doing at a time. loaded, when I'm doing loaded step ups, I yeah. I can't go past 20 inches. Yeah. Oh yeah. You probably don't need to actually because it's but it's just so good at developing that that developing the knee tracking over the toes, the hip extension, the the knee drive working with the hips. I mean, I'll, I'll be sore in my glutes for days after doing step ups. But yeah, step ups have been huge for improving my squat. And then if we're talking about something that transfers from not just the squat, but also to the deadlift, I absolutely love glute ham raises, yep. back extensions, hip extensions on a glute ham developer. And then the few times that I've been at a gym that has one, um, very deliberate paced uh, reverse hypers. Yeah, well, let's, let's save that for the deadlifts. Okay, moving on to the bench press. Would you like to lead us here? Sure, let's make this weird. We have certainly had a rocky relationship through the years. In the beginning, I did not know how to treat you, but I knew you mattered. Later, when I found that new infatuation CrossFit, I dismissed you as non-functional. But as I have grown, we have found our way back to each other. You matter more than I had ever thought. You provide strength in my chest, back, and most importantly, my mind. You have hurt me bad before, but now I know to give you the respect and care you deserve. And I am truly better for it. Beautiful. Dear Bench Press, I know I have failed you many times, and I'm not the best lifter when it comes to you, but you are a challenge I'm always up for. You may get a bad reputation from bros in the gym, and you aren't considered a functional lift by many people in the functional fitness world, but please don't ever listen to them. You are a strength and conditioning staple for a reason, and you always will be. I promise to continue to do my best with you and to always respect you for the gleaming strength development diamond that you are. You just outfancied me, man. Right, there we go. Strength gleaming, gleaming strength development diamond. Whew. I am not a good bench presser. I, I, it's just I've always wanted to be and I've always worked at it. And it's one of those things that I can always have my other lifts go up. But proportionally, bench press is just I'm, that's not my strong suit. I love that it's simple. Yeah. The bench press, it is it is a it is a full body movement. Yep. Especially if you're going heavy, your legs are getting involved. My yeah. my hip adductors will cramp up. Oh yeah. But the bench press is the simplest out of the four lifts we're talking about today. That unwrap the bar, lower a control to your chest, press it off. Yeah. If you make it or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't make it, you better have a spot or you better have some arms because I've had yeah. to roll I've had to roll three hundred pounds off my hips before. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, but I, I love that the bench press is even more so than the squat. The easy parts in the beginning. Well, the bench press is it strength. It develops the strength obviously in your pecs, but also huge development in your triceps, a little bit of the front delts, and then when you're when you're bracing properly and pushing through the floor, it's also the entirety of your upper back. It should be. It's just everyone's like, well, it just works in front of your body. Not if you're doing it correctly. You and then the be bench press gives you another way to hammer pressing movements yeah. with. While still giving your overhead pressing, your push jerk, your push press, your handstand push ups a rest. Absolutely. It's a similar 
very similar movement, but still it's separate enough that you can hammer it in the same week that you're going for some really high volume overhead pressing. Over, yeah. I, I think one of the reasons why I love bench press now is that I've under, it helps me understand the importance of all the supporting lifts around it. So before with squat, we talked about you know, unilateral loading with lunges and step ups. With bench press, I think the, the, the biggest thing that you need to do when you start trying to increase your bench press is making sure that you're pushing just as much as you're pulling. So you should be spending a lot of time doing heavy, if you're doing heavy bench press, doing heavy rows, heavy base pulls, um, pull downs, uh, any, even T-bar like rows? T-bar rows, rear delt stuff. I mean, anything you can do to, st- to strengthen your upper back will help you bench press more. Um, and that's that's one of the things I think is misunderstood about bench press is that people think it's a bro lift. Uh, you're just developing your chest. It pulls your shoulders forward. I mean, if, if you see people who have good bench presses, they also have pretty decent upper backs. Um, if, if they have good posture. There's plenty of people who have poor posture who just like to bench all the time. But... Um, somebody who actually knows what they're doing, you've got to work both sides of the joint. I absolutely love supersetting and with a time constraint, uh, extremely heavy bench pressing with very low volume with freestanding dumbbell rows. And then oh, nice. when I'll actually go down to uh, the Coliseum, a relatively close by old school strength gym, yeah. I see plenty of guys there that are repping out four plates, 405 pounds on the bench press, and then doing T-bar rows of 500, 600 pounds. Jeez. So yeah, technically they're, they're rowing more than they're... Rowing more weight and more volume. Yeah. And the general accepted standard for strength training, for pure focus, like high level strength training, is you need to be able to do a row at the same weight and same volume as your bench press. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, you understand joint balance. I mean, that's you're in a sport that uses every muscle of your body for just about every event. You have to have balance on these things. So I think we love bench press, but we love it in... Uh, in harmony with the other supporting lifts around it you can't you can't disregard it's amazingly gorgeous twin sister the row yeah i love them both yeah and i I think we both mentioned you know respecting that lift i think it's something that that does need to be respected because people go into it and a lot of people like bench press monday it's international chest day people are coming in they're throwing you know 245s in the bar, no warm up, things like that. It's it needs to be re- respected. To, you need to warm up with it. You need to have a good program. You do not need to be benching three or four times a week. Uh, you unless maybe you know that was your event or uh, competition or something. But um, yeah, I think people need to, to show it some a little bit of respect as a lift, just like a squat or a deadlift or a strict press, where it's programmed in smartly and correctly and, and handled well. And isn't part of that also focusing on other um, supinated pressing or other prone pressing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like one of my favorites that I'll end up doing probably more often is uh, dumbbell bench pressing. Single arm, yep. double arm. Double Single arm because it's a huge test of the oblique. Anti-rotation. And, yeah, the, yep. yeah, the oblique trying to stabilize yourself with the anti-rotation. Yep. And uh, always start with a weak arm on that to get a feel for what I'm going to be hitting that day. Yeah. And uh, make sure to constantly change the grip between um, a pronated overhand like a conventional bench press or yeah, a neutral, neutral grip. Neutral grip. Yep, we program neutral grip, incline, deep, uh, into incline flat, and we like floor press a lot too. Cool. Moving on to deadlift. John, would you like to read us your lovely letter to the deadlift? This is seriously my favorite of ever. I think it is. Yeah. Deadlift. My queen. My foundation. My strength. Muscles screaming, eyes bulging, legs shaking. No other lift can make me feel like you do. 
break me when I am not careful, but nothing else treats me so well when I give you the attention you deserve. You always deserve my full attention, my love, and my respect. Wow. That was just... You know what? You, you should just hang on to that. And, uh, you know, you may have... Uh, just edit it? Edit it down and just give that to a lady because that is... That's very, very respectful and beautiful. Well, you're going to have a link to my Instagram on the, the end of this podcast, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's how so, that's how a lady can contact me for this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She can just slide into the DMs with this. Now you made it creepy. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Here's mine. Dear Deadlift, although your name says otherwise, you make me feel alive. Let the people say that you're bad for my back. I know this isn't true. In fact... You've made my back stronger with each plate I add to the bar. I still remember the exact moments I pulled 225, then 315, then 405, then 465 pounds off the floor with you, and I will always cherish the 500 pounds I once 18-inch deadlifted. You are the heaviest thing I've ever moved, and I know that each time I move you, you move me too. This is why through thick and thin, I will deadlift till I die. I remember the day you pulled 500 from uh, You know what? I added that in there for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, well, and it, but see, it wasn't fair, though, because I didn't tell you I was going for fives, and you thought we were pulling a heavy single, so you topped off of 500 on an 18. It's an 18-inch deadlift for anybody who's listening. This is where the bar is just below your knee. Um, it's set up 18 inches off the floor, so for most people, it's just below the knee. Um, so it's mechanically advantageous. You're up a little higher. You're off the floor, but still it is brutal in how it loads your posterior chain and developing your glutes and low back and stuff like that. So uh, John was working up to a heavy single. I didn't tell him I was working up to a heavy five. So he pulled 500 for one and thought that he was good. And I came up and I did five at 500. And I still have that video. Uh, and you were not happy when you came back up to the bar because you tried to pull it again immediately after. I didn't bother resting. No. <laughs> so it didn't happen. But since then, though, what's your rack pull, your 18-inch deadlift at now? That was a while ago. You pulled that that and more since then. I don't think I've gone past 500, but I know I've done it for a lot of volume. You repped it out, though, yeah. Yeah, I can give me five minutes to warm up, and I can rep out 500 all day. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I I absolutely love deadlift. And so this is you say this is your favorite lift? Uh, So out of the four lifts we're talking about today, the the back squat, the bench press, the deadlift, and then after this section we're going to be talking about the strict press. Yeah. Out of these four, the deadlift is my absolute favorite. Wow. Um, It's... I consider it more of a full body lift than the squat because when I am maxing out a deadlift, my biceps and my yeah, pecs you know will yeah. strain. Oh uh, Yeah, I guess so. Um, this is the only one that I've ever had my jaw be sore from because I'm clamping down so far. I have a couple of friends that even wear mouth guards now because yeah. we're putting so much effort into the deadlift. Uh, <laughs> Supporting lifts. Uh, you really like pulling sumo and pulling um, from inside your legs. Why do you like that so much? So a sumo deadlift, I feel, has a higher transfer to non-gym lifting off the floor because okay. almost everything else in life that you're going to be trying to pick up that isn't a barbell or isn't like the back of a car, yeah. which is kind of fun with a bunch of friends, is <laughs> uh, it's going to be between your legs. Yeah, so that's true. I don't think a sumo should take the primary place in gym training as deadlift, but it needs to still be a significant portion of your deadlifting. Yeah. Because most of the time you're going to be having a load in between your hands that you're trying to lift. A bag of dog food, a child, a drunk friend, a really heavy random thing that you're bringing into the house when you probably could just pay movers to do it instead. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And because you have the weight placed in between your feet, 
you can keep a more upright torso, which the closer the load is and the less you have to bend over for it, the safer it is for you in the long run when it comes to your low back on the lift. So not that deadlifts are dangerous, but a sumo deadlift technically places lower torque than a conventional deadlift when it comes to the, the lumbosacral, where your low back meets your, um, your hips, that whole area. And then you mentioned earlier, way back in the squat section, posterior chain development. So posterior chain is your hamstrings, your glutes, and your low back. Uh, you like reverse hypers. We do those in, in, in the program. But reverse hyper machines are awesome. We don't They're have spe any. Yeah. Spectacular. And the cheapest one you can buy is $800 free shipping. Okay. Um, so that's still not terrible. I mean, for a gym to put out that kind of money, I wish more gyms would have reverse hypers. We need to see about getting reverse hyper here. We can get rid of like two or three of those cardio thingies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just go ahead and do it. You're not so, um, decision. so I have hurt my lower back a lot and okay. very badly. Uh, probably two years ago, I was stuck in bed for an entire week. I remember that. I could barely move. Yeah. Um, so after that, you know, it's the same thing that happens with everybody who is serious into physical fitness and strength training. As soon as you recover from some bar some bad injury, you force yourself to become an expert in preventing yeah, that from yeah, happening. Yeah. So after that, I started doing as high volume as I could for every lower back unloaded okay. development exercise. So glute ham raises, back extensions, back extensions, hypers. hip extensions, reverse yeah. hypers. You showed me how to do that on a GHD machine. Yeah, that's how we do it in the straight shot program. With bands, I absolutely yeah. love them because it. So I'm not a puppy anymore. I am super old, <laughs> turning super older next week. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely love movements where I can strengthen all of the muscles, ligaments, and tendons in my posterior chain without putting my body under any load because I still get the strength development, but I am not hammering and beating the joints up under mechanical stress. I think, I think glute development is finally getting the, um, the respect that it should in the, in the strength world. It's always been respected in the bodybuilding world, especially by female figure competitors because they want their, their butts to look good. Uh, because that's part of the things that they're judged on when it comes to physique com competing. But glutes are essential to athletic movement. Every athlete in every sport has to use There was use a study that came glutes. out maybe two or three years ago. I don't remember where it was from, but showing a direct correlation between a between muscular development in your glutes and strength performance. Yeah. That across well, and, every sport, the more muscular a butt a person has as measured not by size, but by muscular development. Yeah. They're better at whatever they're doing. Yeah. When well, also the the better developed a person's glutes, entire glute package, so we're talking uh, glute max and glute med, what comes comes around the side as well for lateral stability, those people have less ACL injuries and less ankle injuries and less knee injuries uh, or, or like patellar injuries along with the ACL than people who have weaker glutes. So it's just it's essential. So deadlifts are a great way of developing these. We talked about some other glute exercises, but I think RDLs. Your straight leg deadlifts. Romanian deadlifts. Oh gosh, I love them. Single leg deadlifts. We do a lot of single leg deadlifts, split stance deadlifts, kettlebell deadlifts, double kettlebell deadlifts, super heavy double kettlebell deadlifts. Deficit tempo sumo floating <laughs> deadlifts. I go. did that once. Oh, and I thought you were just like making up the hard. No, no, no. It destroyed <laughs> me. No, it, it destroyed me. It was in a program I was I was oh using from somebody else and it destroyed me completely. That is awesome. I had like fifty five pound kettlebells and it wrecked me. Gosh, the the more we talk about this, the more I think that, that deadlift might be one of my favorite lifts. I remember I was in a crossway competition and my deadlift was three eighty five going into the competition. And I put 400 on the bar. I warmed up. We only had 10 minutes to establish a max. And I put 400 on the bar. I promise that rep took me 30 seconds. And I pulled 400 off the floor. And I weighed one. 
55 at the time, and I thought that I was the strongest person alive. Now, meanwhile, everybody around me weighs like 185, 200. They're pulling like close to six, but like to me, I was sore for days after that. To me, like that was still thinking back, that was one of the, it sounds so crazy to say, like one of the most fulfilling, exciting things I've well, done with a crowd screaming and I think my you wife just, in front of me. I think you just tangented, tangented, tangented tangent. into, I think one of the most important aspects of the deadlift that compared to any other lift, I have a, I feel like a superhero. I feel like yeah. I could destroy or save the world, however <laughs> I, whatever I want at that moment, when I hit a rep max or a new weight max on a deadlift, because yeah. it's the most physical strain you're going to go through in a gym. And if when, you hit it, there's no question that you hit it, and it's the yeah, most empowering feeling in the world, that that massive thing off the floor, I can do it. And I think the other thing, we, we talked earlier about the squat and the bench press about how that you do the easiest part of the lift first, you lower it, and then you have to push it off of you. Deadlift, you walk up to a cold bar sitting on the floor, no tension in your body, you have to reach down and pick that thing up. Like that to me, you have to have the mental lowering of the bar like on a squat or something. You, you kind of have that time to prepare yourself on the way down. Deadlift, you don't. You don't know how heavy it really feels until you pick it up. It's 100% go as soon as you yep. start pulling. Gosh, I love it. You want to deadlift after this? I'm supposed to RDL today. I think I might. I'm, uh, today's my light day. Yesterday oh, was heavy okay. chaos and pain. Tomorrow, I think I'm going to like... If it's your light day, you can just do whatever I'm doing then. You, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going on base tomorrow, and I'm going to rep out probably more than anybody else there for deadlifts. Sweet. Fine. There we go. I just got to own it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we are at our final lift, our final letter, the strict press. John, take it away. Yeah, this is good. I have never once doubted my love for you in all your forms, log, axle, barbell, keg, sandbag, yoke, circus stumble, you are my world, always helping me to evolve, grow, and become just a better person. My greatest love, I will never doubt you, Strict Press. Wow, that's that's rolling pretty deep on your love for Strict Press. I, it's kind of how it is, man. Yeah, I, I love Strict Press. I love overhead pressing. I, I, uh, I wrote a poem for mine. I, I want to take a little different route in my... Uh, my, well, you can't top me. Was that? You can't. You can't top mine. So you have to. I have to yeah. Go I have to try to just just mix it up a little bit. So, dear strict press, there once was a physical therapist who saw me pressing and didn't care for this. Now I'm stronger than ever. The more pressing, the better. And he got a shoulder replacement. That is a true story. I was told by a physical therapist. It didn't rhyme at the end, but I think it's just funny that he got a shoulder replacement. It's, a, it's not funny, but it's I'm saying it's extremely ironic that a guy who told yeah. me that pressing overhead was bad for my shoulders ends up getting a shoulder replacement uh, surgery performed on him. Nothing will make your shoulders stronger than correctly pressing a weight overhead. Feet even stance apart below your shoulder. Feet even stance apart below your shoulders. Straight-ish back. Yeah. And but but glutes tight. Keep your glutes tight, abs tight. I know that that now strongman. There are some some arch back variations of presses, but it's not like you're trying to arch your back. You have you're, to. You have to to get the weight around you because you're pressing a log or a keg or something or what was the one the um the ammo, the ammo box press. Oh, uh, now most of the the. A lot of events are showing up as Mauser block press. Mauser block a press. solid block of concrete. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and think about that. Getting things overhead is functional. And I explain this to all of my 
older athletes and older clients as well is because when they say, well, my physical therapist doesn't want me to do anything overhead. I said, well, how do they expect you to get a bag of flour off of your shelf? Well, if you can't, or, if you're not allowed to, if you're not supposed to safely put anything overhead, you have to get rid of half the cabinets in your house. Yeah. Have someone dress you and, uh, yeah, and, and reach for things. Like, don't you want to, I always ask them, well, don't you want to be able to, uh, you know, do things for yourself in the, in the kitchen or around your house or play with your grandkids or throw and catch your grandkids? You throw and catch your grandkids? Yeah. 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 Same thing. Putting things overhead is extremely functional. And also along with this, carrying things overhead. I mean, think about, uh, well, if you're, if you're a waiter, you're going to carry something over your head. If you're carrying something kind of awkward, it actually helps. Typically, if I'm walking around the yard carrying something, I'll put it overhead and carry it. Rather than trying to hold it out in front of me, if it's kind of awkward, put it on my shoulder. If I can get it overhead, I would rather carry it overhead. Stack hand over shoulder, over hip, over a foot, and just walk. Yes. Builds a lot of shoulder stability, core stability. I love weighted walks. So. For, for overhead stuff. Oh, we're already getting into that one? We're not. Cause... Well, let's, let's stick with strict press. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting. I'm already getting to the supporting stuff. Yeah. So let's stick with strict press and then we can get into the other stuff. So strict press is, as Johnny was just saying, clearly a extremely functional, directly functional to life outside of the gym yeah. uh, exercise. But also, a strict press is just about the most effective way I've ever found, if we're talking about just appearance, to get bigger shoulders. Okay. I like, didn't think about it for, yeah. Strict press for... Man, I'm getting a little tongue-tied because I absolutely love strict pressing. You <laughs> press everything that you can find overhead and you will develop a very strong and a very muscular upper body. Yeah. Um, strict, and safe, too. I mean, all of that musculature holding everything in place. I mean, your shoulder, the joint, is not really held on by bones. There's one bony attachment of your shoulder girdle. So it's like free-floating, and it moves through It moves Four, through every range of motion. Yeah, Four, 14 separate different articulations that all are doing their own thing at each time or working with in conjunction with each other. So you need muscles to hold that whole thing in place. Otherwise, it's only attached to your clavicle, which is why people who lack the ability to press overhead, typically we see more shoulder injuries and poor posture issues with people who aren't strong overhead. So I think it's it's great for strength development. You don't have to press, you know, always a bar overhead. You can do dumbbells and kettlebells and there's, like you said, medicine balls and sandbags and logs and anything you can think of, but just putting stuff overhead. Uh, and we're talking about strict press, meaning you're not using your legs, but we could get into push press where you use a little hip drive. We talk about jerks where you're dropping under the bar, split jerks, squat jerks. I mean, there's a ton of different ways you can take the, uh, the overhead press, but at the heart of it is all based around the strict press, standing feet underneath your hips, pressing something overhead. And if we're talking about athletic performance here, improving your strict press is going to have a better rate of return to improve any other press variation you're doing. Other, it could even be a, uh, a push press, a push mm -hmm. jerk, or split jerk for Olympic lifting. Or if we're talking about just pressing an odd object overhead, you're better off spending more time working on your strict press than you are in your split jerk if you're an Olympic lifter. Because you're going to sure. simply get, if we're talking about like low level, yeah, yeah, like you're just doing it for fun. Yes. Having a stronger press, a stronger strict press is going to allow your technique dominant pressing your split jerk and your, your push yeah, jerk and your yeah. split jerk it's going to allow that to have a much higher top end okay um, also sense. it's going to give you all the real fun gymnastics abilities of handstand walks yeah. and handstand push-ups yeah which are super fun yeah yeah even if you're not into gymnastics um, you know handstands are, are a great conditioning tool but not everybody can do them 
But same thing, flip a, a handstand right side up, you're overhead pressing or holding a weight overhead. So yeah, whenever I was getting too excited talking about overhead walks, that's what I mean. It's you, you, the core stability required to hold a weight overhead. It's not just the shoulders, it's your abs, it's your butt, it's your calves. I mean, if you do a heavy weighted walk, your entire body will be shaking by the end of that walk. Yeah, I absolutely love uh, for for overload for to getting the absolute max out of maximum um, benefit out of the overloading principle. Yeah, I prefer overhead yoke carries. I was just about to say you, you probably go yokes and then you have the weight kind of down by your feet well, moving so around. I try and move as much weight as I possibly can for okay. multiple sustained fifty foot efforts on an overhead yoke carry. Okay, um, that's well past body weight for me at this point. Yeah. but for a person who isn't looking to, who's not trying to push max weight overhead on a on a yoke carry, which is its own odd thing. Yeah. Um, and overhead yoke carry is also the safest way that a person can overload their overhead carrying okay. because it's safer than a barbell, it's safer That's than true. a kettlebell or dumbbell. You can get far more weight overhead, and if it goes bad, the overhead yoke is only going to have to fall about a foot or two. And you sit it down. And it's you sit yeah. it down. You can just drop it, unlike a barbell. Quickly, which it's not quickly describe a yoke because we've been throwing it around just in case someone doesn't know what a yoke is. So a yoke is essentially a squat stand, a freestanding squat stand that has a two to three inch cross member going across the middle of it where the barbell would be when you're using a squat stand. And it has various loading points down at the feet where you can stack up more plates. Uh, it's yeah. a standard in World's Strongest Man. You've seen it, I think, what, two times, maybe three, three times, times in the CrossFit in the games. CrossFit games. Yeah. Um, I'd say out of, I'd say a yoke has the is the is the second greatest rate of return for a person buying fitness equipment for themselves oh, okay. right behind a bar and plates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you can do a lot of stuff with it. Overhead, rack carries, back rack carries, front rack carries with a yoke, and then use it as a squat stand if you need to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I own awesome. two of them. Oh. <laughs> uh, strict press, another one where you don't have to lower the weight first. You just start out from the rock bottom. I think that's one of the reasons I like it. Uh, because it's it's kind of surprises you how heavy it gets so quickly. You get stuck with the bar right around eye level, and it comes back down. If you fail, it just comes back down. There's 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 not a whole lot of ways it can go south. Once you pass your head, though, if your back start to arch, or if your 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 butt's not turned on, if your abs aren't turned on, uh, it can go south pretty quick. So I think it's one of those lifts that you have to have a healthy amount of respect going into it because you you can get hurt doing it. But if you work up to it and use proper progression and you're always focused on your form while doing it, the rate of return of it is, is awesome. And then a, a strict press requires, we're talking about like maximum effort of individual pressing or maximum for repetitions. Yeah. You have to maintain a very tight and a very well braced body. The lift the can- The entire body. It's the entire yeah. body. Yeah. Um, you wanna find out how much, an, how much a strict press is a full body lift, guys, do max unbroken with a 45 pound bar women do the same thing with a 35 yeah you're gonna everything will die on you yeah from your from your forearms down to your calves everything will be sore yep just one effort that's all it's, you need yeah one of them yep now what you about and ways I are, to, you and about? I are both inching close to body weight strict presses neither of us are there yet so hopefully if you guys are listening to this down the line I don't know maybe later this year or two years from now hopefully or a month month who knows John <laughs> hopefully John and I can look back and say that we can push our body weight from our sternum to overhead I'm I the closest I've ever gotten is within five pounds and you've gotten within 10 pounds but body percentage I was wise, 200 pounds at the time yeah, yeah and you won 90 yes yeah, so percentage wise we're pretty much right there so yes yeah, one of those ones that we love and that we're always going to work on but that uh, is very humbling 
what about uh, you also wanted to talk about the the complementary movement to the strict press? Yes. The pull up. Oh my god. We're not talking yeah. about kipping or butterfly. Nope. We're talking strict about strict pull up. Just dead hang on that bar yeah. and pull your chin because, over. You know, a strict press requires a lot of upper and middle back. And if you have a good pull up, you're going to have a good strict press. Pull ups, I either see them doing it done incorrectly or not at all. Uh, most of the time. When I start to work with people and teach them how to actually pull their scapula together and down and pull themselves up, and they can only get you know three, maybe four pull-ups, some people can't get any, they immediately want to discount it and move on to like a lat pull-down or something like that, which is still good, but not quite as good as, as the pull-up when it comes to entire body engagement on it. You've got to keep your core tight, you have to pull from your shoulder blades, arms finish the movement. I mean, how many how many times a week are you doing pull-ups? At least, at least twice a week, if not more two to maybe six days a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I absolutely love it. And I love demonstrating them in my classes. I mean, it, even in my classes, if if we're finishing up class or something, uh, or I'm in between classes, I'll jump up on the bar and, and do a pull-up or a couple pull-ups. Like it's just, once you have them, they're fun. You realize how good they are in developing your strength for everything else. You want to do them all the time. Which well, and uh, you're talking about that, like developing your strength. That a what I've always heard about the pull-up is that the lat development that you get from building a pull-up, yes. so body weight, if we're talking about like heavy loading or yeah. tempo, because I know you do that a lot. I don't know how much is in straight, straight shot. Tempo pull-ups? We don't do tempo pull-ups in straight shot right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, people have the option of loading. I give them rep ranges and they can load up the pull-up okay. if they need to. So developing a, a stronger, not just higher volume, but also a much heavier weighted pull-up is one of the best non-pressing accessory movements you can to increase your overhead press. Huh. It's what I've always heard it described as it's literally building the foundation because okay. all of your pressing muscles, your delts, your triceps, and your pecs, well, they're all bracing against your Something. lats and your traps. Yeah, okay. To give yourself yeah. a bigger foundation. It would be like if you're pressing something out in front of you and I was standing up in the middle of the room pushing something in front of me, or if I had my back against the wall pushing something away from me, I could push more if I had my back against the wall. Absolutely. Because I'm pushing so. against something. So there's your lats are the wall you're pressing against. What about accessories for pressing? Other variations? Because we can go over that one pretty fast. Yeah. So I absolutely love, I've hurt my shoulders, just like I've hurt my lower back, yeah. a lot and really bad. <laughs> like yeah. prescription painkillers and muscle relaxants for a couple of days kind of yeah. bad. So uh, after that, I became an expert on shoulder, on unilateral shoulder strength and shoulder stabilization. So um, I absolutely love, uh, for every level of fitness, uh, single arm dumbbell pressing okay. and kettlebell pressing. Whether we're yeah. talking standing, seated yeah. with no back support, incline with the back support, um, Z press variations named after Zadrunas Zaviskis, one of the world's strongest men competitors. Yep. Um, sitting on the floor with no back support, your legs spread. Gosh. Uh, that's amazing for landmine land presses are probably my my favorite variation. Yeah, that's a total fun, and I, I think yeah. that there should there's no limit to the very number of variations that a person should do yeah. in their strict pressing to improve their strict pressing ability. Because if you're doing a bilateral press, a barbell, yeah, your weak arm and everybody has a weak side is going to be compensated for by your strong side. So you can improve your strict pressing and your shoulder health yep. by focusing disproportionately like 60% maybe 75% of your pressing time on unilateral, unilateral. pressing absolutely um, it's also one of the staple strongman events the circus dumbbell clean and press so yeah. I uh, I have a dumbbell that's 110 pounds empty with a 2 inch handle and a 12 inch barrel so the body of its 12 inches is plate loadable <laughs> um, 
there's an event I have coming up later in the year where I got to be able to hit that as part of a series of other lifts in 60 seconds at 160 pounds. Wow. That's um, and then also shoulder stabilization. I know you're putting that a lot in straight shot oh, yeah. right now for yeah. uh, developing not just your pressing ability, but also your shoulder stabilization during the press. Yeah. Because being able to press a heavy weight overhead is great, but then you also should be able to hold a extremely unstable weight overhead yeah. because that's going to improve your control in the press. And if we're talking about just general, um, general life healthiness, I think it's more important for a person to be able to stabilize a lighter weight through a very long, through a prolonged period of time like you do overhead carries. Yeah than it is for that person to have a extremely high body weight press or, or a, have a body weight press. Have a body, yeah. Cool, so do you have anything to add to these? Squat, bench, deadlift, strict press? We already talked about the two other semi lifts in the middle of all this, the uh, the row, the row and the pull-up. Pull yep, so it looks like we balance the joints and the pushing and pulling, both, both vertical and we horizontal. We talked some about loaded carries, which, yep. are, which are applicable to everything except for the bench press in all of these. Yeah. Um, focused to talked a lot about the unilateral variations, which if you're not doing unilateral variations of your main barbell lifts, just start. Just, yeah. Just, just start, just start. that's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we talked a lot about the posterior chain and, and how that helps in with everything. No, there's nothing greater than trying to develop your hamstring, butt, and lower back when it comes to overall health and resiliency. And having a stronger posterior chain is going to improve your performance on every other lift that we talked about today. Absolutely. It's either going to be used to dynamically move the load or it's going to be stabilizing yourself. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, John. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did making it. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you have a second to leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, that would be awesome. If this episode has you falling in love with strength and conditioning, we'd love to have you be a part of our awesome group of subscribers to the Straight Shot Training Program. You can sign up for that or our mobility and prehab program Resilient at straightshottraining.com. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us on social media using the handle at Straight Shot Training. Thanks again, and have a great week, everybody. Yeah.